a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Nightside. Nightside. We're all friends here. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. <laughs> I'm Ethan Miller. I got Alex here. Here. You sound. You, you, uh, you just. You sound terrible. It's fine <laughs> because like, here like, hi, it's Ethan Miller here. Welcome to the Nightside Project. And I get it. This is what we're dealing with. And the the fact of the matter is, is that like all of the. TV interviews, radio shows, all the interviews we do now are like all via Skype and everything anyway. But I will, yeah. uh, you know, to concede to our engineers who are awesome and have been just on top of it from the beginning, when you're at home, you sound pretty dang good. And yeah, uh, so when we're doing these broadcast situations where you're set up and you're doing it from the hotel room, you know, over an app, then that's, uh, you know. I won't apologize to the listener because I never would, would apologize to anybody for anything like this because we still have you on the show, and it's important. Hey, by way of announcement, I want to say, too, coming up in just a couple minutes, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Matt Woolley that Ethan will not be a part of because we can't have all those connections going on at once, uh, Ethan with the tin can and uh, Dr. Matt Woolley over the phone. It would just be an explosion. I don't need therapy anyway. It would, oh, Ethan's too good for therapy, so there you go. I figured it out. I got it. I figured it out, man. <laughs> I cracked the code. Uh so I wanted to bring this story up because I thought about how amazing it is. And uh, in a little while, uh, we'll talk about the NBA kind of. Ha- so I'm, we're not a sports show at all. But this was an interesting thing because we live in an era of whether or not we should snitch on people having a snitch hotline. The mask snitch hotline is kind of an interesting thing. But the NBA has a whole snitch thing if you've been violating the, the bubble. And that's something we want to talk about later in the show. But this one is the city of Berkeley, California, is, uh, as of today, going forward with this proposal to eliminate the police from conducting traffic stops, which I thought, oh, dang, you know, now we've got well, now, and it's, and now it's, we've got the Autobahn going on. I, I think police officers would be able to still do traffic stops. But what they're doing is they're turning over traffic enforcement to basically non-sworn private employees, something along the lines of parking enforcement. Well, so and even then, even then, those are like city employees, right? But this would be oh, yeah, more. These would be city employees, right? Well, yeah, that's right. They're not going to be cops, though. They're not going to be police. They're going right. to they're be. Not, they're not going to be sworn. Right. They're not it's like be sworn officers. It's like code enforcement. It's like code enforcement. Civilian employees. Yes, unarmed civilian employees that will be traffic. That will be the traffic cops uh, right now. Now, here's my question. Because you know what this does is it would eliminate costs for police officers doing the traffic enforcement. But you know what it would not do? You would see whatever your whatever your eye roll is about police officers and quotas and things like that, 
you are going you're going to see quotas increase even more because if a cop who's doing some traffic control is doing that traffic control in an area but gets a call of uh, an armed robbery suspect or this or that or the other they have to drop that and go right to it this will be a nonstop your your neighbor by the way the neighbor who signs up to be the one who wants to do quote community engagement uh which is basically just pull they would be a random guy would be pulling you over and going, uh, can I see your license and registration? And you, it would feel so – it's it's Bill from down the road, and he is the worst person to pull you over because it's the same guy who's waving his arms at you to slow down even though it's a 25-mile-an-hour zone in your neighborhood, and you're going 19, and he's going, slow it down. And then he's going to give you a ticket. You know what he's not going to do? Give you a break because he's going to have a massive quota. The cities are going to be making tons of money on the backs of the citizens. This is not the way to – uh, free up, you know, the police because you feel like you can enforce it this way. This All this is going to do, I like the idea of taking uh, police just from this traffic, you know, to, to, to uh, doing some traffic stops and trying to earn some money off the back of the citizens. But this does not help because you're going to have a, this, I'm telling you, you're going to have these, uh, you're going to have these deputized civilians who are going to take their job like they are law enforcement. It's going to bother me. Are, are they going to be able to pull you over? Well, yeah, there's going to be some kind of there's going to be some kind of uh, and this is the process that they're undertaking. So they haven't created this department yet, but they're going to be creating a new department. to handle Oh, you're going to get pulled traffic. over by a minivan who's going to put the, the light on top. He's going to reach out, put the light on top of the minivan and pull you over. And you're going to get a ticket every time. No one's going to give you, you a warning. What? You know where this is going to end up? Because you because I can understand their point from one perspective. Uh, and that is that we have we have co- we have police officers that are extremely able. They are tactically able uh, with weapons and self-defense and apprehension and all these other things, right? And and um, you should name all the things the police submission, have: pepper spray, all the stuff that police tasers. Yeah, ninety-nine percent of the time they don't need it, right? It's it's stuff they have for that. Point zero one percent of the time, and we're okay with them having those things because we know that it's part of the deal. So I get the calculation that well, you know, in these situations, maybe we don't need sworn officers. So I I get the question, and I and I I don't blame them for asking it. I don't blame them for pursuing this. I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea, but I'll tell you where I think this is going. So setting aside whether or not we think this is the right thing to do, I know exactly where it's going. Do you know where it's going? Where is it? I'll tell you where it's going to end a bunch up. Of, a bunch of Karens being the uh, being the police nope. officers. What? A bunch of cameras. Oh. Being... Now, we that's interesting. That technology, we right? do have the technology. We go we full CCTV on everybody. Yeah, the radar guns, the taking the picture we, of you going through the intersection, all that right. stuff. I mean, we have the technology that could be now at some expense, right? But it could be installed around cities so that... You never, ever got away with speeding or running yellow light. One of my favorite I mean, things ever was getting a light, getting a, getting back home, you know, three or four weeks after a trip to California and opening up, <laughs> opening up a letter from, you know, Ventura, Ventura County or something. And 
a ticket in a in a in an envelope in my disgusting face looking like a weirdo on this black Sucking and white picture with your, with your sunglasses. <laughs> yes it's like uh you blew through this you you did not stop fully at this red light and i'm like huh like i got my face going, oh, you know and and i owed 104 dollars or whatever and i was just like yeah. i felt i felt fleeced and i was like and i felt i felt disgusted that they had the picture of my face it was like uh we're gonna add Mr. Curie, we added a chin just for uh, for for more for more real for a more real look. We wanted you to take this seriously. <laughs> I was so disgusted by. It. There's no way. Listen, I, the camera would be at least mechanical. What would happen is you would have a bunch of like, hey man. Uh, you think you're special, don't you? You love this job. Think of the think of how you've watched the parking show on TV before. What's the number one thing when people get a ticket from somebody from the parking uh, enforcement in Philadelphia? They're like, "Oh, you think you're pretty cool with that job, don't you? How do you sleep at night? I sleep just fine, sir." And it's just like, "Oh, cool. You're giving me a ticket. Oh, you know, I've got kids. You have kids. You have kids, and it just is. I cannot imagine how this is going to improve our community." Because then you're also well, going to have then you're that. also going to have somebody get shot. You're going to have somebody get shot for giving somebody else a ticket for going 13 over in the in the school zone, and they're going to be like, uh, "I pulled you. You know what I pulled you over for?" And it's like because you're a dirtbag and you're on a power trip. I don't know. Like that's gonna, well, that's what it's going to turn into because if it's a police if it's not a police officer pulling you over, if it's just a regular old uh, deputized city employee who's just giving people tickets, it's going to cause a real problem. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. Because I thought about that. I thought about, well, what about the shootings, right? Because there are people that that will ambush police officers at these traffic stops. But think about it. Who are those people? Why are they shooting at the police? Because are people with existing warrants wanted for other crimes they don't want to get captured. Okay? That's why they're doing it. So if they're pulled over by a guy who couldn't arrest you even if he wanted to. Right. He can't even look up if you've got a warrant. Or can he? Or would they? Because that's another. If, even if because then you're the also take, but then you are also taking away what is a big part of policing, and a lot of people don't think about it this way. Traffic stops are a lot of times, uh, you know, just how we catch people. How we yeah, catch people. That's, I mean, we use those. I've been on those ride-alongs where they're like, we get, we're gonna pop this guy for going seven over. He's got California plates on a rented van, and we're gonna see if we can find some weed inside there. That's, yeah. th- I mean, that is, that's I mean, true. it's not, yeah. it, it's a fourth violation. It's a Fourth Amendment violation uh, to some degree. It feels like, and. I don't know. All right, we got to take the break. Uh, I've got Dr. Matt. But, but the law is pretty clear that if you find a real violation, then you can pull them over, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I, I, I agree. Maybe we should just all drive better. I don't know. Well, let's take the break here. We'll come back. Dr. Matt Woolley around the corner. And then we'll have, uh, after Dr. Matt Woolley, we're going to have some headlines from Ethan. So stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues. Your free therapy session is next on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear-gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.